when God in heaven intervenes on earth. When we see someone with a, an illness that could be declared terminal and they are healed, there's a miracle. When a baby is born, after being in the womb for nine months and the baby's born, that's a miracle. Does that make sense? So we're going to look at, over the next four weeks, uh, some miracles. And, they're going to, and, and there, there's four categories of those we're going to look at. The first one is, um, uh, we're going to talk about a miracle of healing. The miracle of healing. We'll do that today. We're going to talk about deliverance today. But if you're in need of physical healing, if you know someone who does, then we're going to be praying for uh, miracles. And we're going to look at why God does these and why God doesn't sometimes do them. You see, Jesus didn't heal everybody. He didn't. So, we're going to see some of that. Also, we're going to talk about the miracles of protection. How God divinely protects uh, His people. And we're going to talk about the miracles of provision. You're hurting financially and God's miraculously going to provide for you. He does, time and time and time again. Uh, Today, uh, we're going to talk about one that is not necessarily as glamorous as the other three. This is the uh, miracle of deliverance. The miracles of deliverance. When God does miracles over the forces and the powers of darkness, that's what we're going to talk about today. And when God does these miracles, His power over demonic forces is seen. Some of you, very likely, right now, right now, this is going to get weird, And I'm not even sure I believe in demons or the forces of darkness, you may be saying. But I like what someone said, that the greatest trick the devil ever played was to convince the world that he doesn't exist. It's the greatest trick that he's ever accomplished. One of the greatest lies is that our spiritual enemy tells us that if he is not a force fighting against the kingdom of God and the kingdom of truth, he says, man, I'm not doing that. What's wrong with you people? And that's exactly what he's doing. I want us to look at Scripture to build a foundation for the message today. In Ephesians 6, 12, we read it earlier. That's our memory verse. It's what Paul says we need to remember that we are not in a, uh, we're not in a Christianity laden playground. Christianity is a battlefield. It's in this natural world. But there's a battle going on. We're in a spiritual battle. And it becomes physical at times. Because of the mental and the physical anguish that we can go through in the midst of that battle. But he says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. I believe that most Christians who are, who are committed to Christ, sold out to Christ, are a soldier in the army of God. That if you were fighting flesh and blood with the devil, you'd probably fare pretty well. But that's not the type of battle that we are battling. Uh, we're not, you're not battling your boss or your annoying mother-in-law or the person who argues with you on Facebook. They're not, they're not the real enemy. We have a spiritual enemy. 
goes on to say, they're not flesh and blood enemies, but we battle against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world and against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. We're doing battle against the forces of darkness, the demonic forces. And you may say, well, what is a demon? What is a demon? For personal study and for you to understand it a little better, let me give you two places to spend some time. In the Old Testament, Isaiah 14. In the New Testament, Revelation 12. In Isaiah 14, Lucifer, another name for the devil, makes five I will statements. In fact, last Wednesday's Bible study, we're going through Ephesians. No, (laughs) Isaiah, we're going through Isaiah. And in Isaiah 14, we just looked at these five statements again last Wednesday. Isaiah summarizes the devil when when he makes these statements. I will be like God. And he says that five different times about five different things. But essentially what he's saying is is that I will be like God. I'm going to be better than God. I'm going to take over the place of God. And then in Revelation 12, most scholars say that the demons are the fallen angels that have left heaven with Lucifer when God cast Lucifer out. And so demons are real. Just as angels do the work in the bidding of God, demons do the work in the bidding of Lucifer or the devil. And there's two big mistakes that are made when you deal with demonic influence or demons themselves. The first one is we overemphasize demonic influence. We overemphasize it. Uh, In some church cultures, demonic influence is... Everything. I mean, there's a demon under every rock. My phone fell off the the table. The devil did that. My car won't start today. The devil's in my car engine. You blame everything, every problem on the devil. The devil, the devil, the devil, the devil. Flip Wilson made it popular, didn't he? He said, the devil made me do it. That's right. And that's a good excuse. But I don't believe that the devil does that. You might stand up and say, man, I'm broke. I don't have any money at all. It's the devil's fault. Well, maybe. Could it be that you went out and bought three uh, outfits, a pair of shoes, you carry an iPhone, you're driving, too, uh, driving a car that's too expensive for you to uh, actually purchase and own. Uh, for spring break, you went on a beach trip, and then you wonder why you don't have any money. The problem wasn't the devil. The problem was your choices. In other cultures, so one, one of the things is we overemphasize demonic influence. The second one is, and I would argue, is that, we're, that we underemphasize demonic influence. While not every problem is caused by the devil, I believe that more problems than most we need to realize are caused by the forces of darkness. Cancer. Babies dying. That's because of Satan's influence over this world that God is allowing them to have. 
Now, why would God allow Satan to have influence over this world? It's to cause us to be dependent upon Almighty God. Because no matter what comes your way, you can still love and praise the Lord. Amen? You can. No matter what you struggle with, you can still praise the Lord. You can still do that. Uh, Talking to a young person not too long ago, who lost uh, a loved one. And in this discussion we were having, there was an anger from this young person about their loved one that had passed away. And the statement that was made to me was, God took her away. I said, God did that? You really believe that God did that? Well, he's, He creates everything, so He created cancer. And she died of cancer, and so she's gone because of him creating cancer that killed her. I said, you really honestly believe that? She said, I sure do. I said, That's, that just saddens my heart. I said, because I was hoping that one day you'd, you'd develop a relationship with Christ so you'll get to see your mom again. Because really, that's the essence of it, isn't it? Sickness will come. Death will come. We're all going to face it. At some time, some way, we just don't know when or how, but we will. And once that happens, we should have something better to look forward to than this life. Paul said, if this is all we have to hope for, we of all people are most miserable. I'm looking forward to another place, aren't you? A place far better? Streets of gold? Rivers of water, I mean rivers of life flowing freely. Whew, I'm ready. Watermelon with no seeds ever. Yellow meated sweet. That's got to be heaven. Ever had a yellow meated seedless watermelon? Anybody? Brother Kim and I, we're the only ones going to heaven because we're the only ones that taste it. If you haven't had any yellow meated seedless watermelon, you need to have some. If we can get Jeff Parmer to drive to South Texas again, he'll bring us some back. So what do demons do? Let me give you three quick things. First of all, demons tempt you to sin. Demons tempt you to sin. Paul's talking to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, and he says, They will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. So if you don't believe that, that the demons have any influence, you're crazy, man. They do. Remember the old cartoon where you'd have the, the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other shoulder? There's a lot of truth to that. Because it's who you listen to on which way you're going to go. I walk by a buffet table. Boy, they're both yelling at me. Obviously, I haven't listened to the spiritual side nearly as much as I did the other side. But we've got to understand there's a battle going on here. It's a battle going on. And they are there to bring temptation our way. He tries to trap us, bring these tempting traps in front of us to get us to fall. If it's food, if it's pornography, if it's drugs, if it's alcohol. You see, everybody's got a different 
fill in in that blank, don't they? But whatever it is, Satan's influencers are going to try to get you to fall into that trap. And we need to always be on guard. We need to always stay away. We need to always be ready to not touch it. To not touch it. When we do sin, Satan takes that sin and maximizes it. He didn't minimize it. He doesn't say, it's okay. I mean, you'll be better next time. He maximizes it. When you make a mistake, Satan's quick to tell you, and the demons are quick to tell you, golly, and you're a Christian? Wow. What kind of spiritual power do you possess? Paul again talking to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4. He says that in latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Some of you would know somebody like that. Some of you might be somebody like that. There was a time when you were walking with God, but then deceiving spirits led you away from the purity of the gospel into all sorts of false doctrines. How many of you like Oprah Winfrey? Raise your hand. You like her? Well, I like her. I like her as a person. Tremendous actress. Man, her her story, her life story is incredible, isn't it? But her theology is worthless. Because she will say to you, Oh, there's many ways to get to heaven. Well, then what she's saying is that John 14.6 isn't true when Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That's the only way we get to go. And by the way, let's hold up our Bibles together. I'm a child of God. Having my hand, powerful Word of God, can change lives, heal broken hearts, and save man's soul. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, all right, wake up. Tune in. Here we go. (laughs) The devil will say to you, you know, it really doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. And suddenly someone who maybe had a pure faith, they're distracted and they're taken away by these demonic voices and things that demons bring in front of them. You've seen them fall away. I've seen them fall away. And it breaks our hearts when we see them fall away. What else do demons do? Well, they're going to tempt you. They're going to lure you. And then finally, they're going to inflict suffering. They are going to inflict suffering. In Matthew chapter 17, it says, Lord... Have mercy on my son. This is a dad comes to Jesus. His son is, has been sick and he wants his son healed. He, says, he said he has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire, into the water. Jesus replied, bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon 
And it came out of the boy, and he was healed at that moment. Jesus rebuked the demon, and the boy was healed at that moment. That's a miracle. Any of you ever witnessed something like that where someone was under demon influence and that influence left? Any of you ever experienced that? I'm telling you, if you ever see it or witness it or experience it, it'll change your whole spiritual life. Because it will finally you'll finally truly understand they're here. Oh, they're here. Now, if you've never experienced it, that's okay. I hope you never have to see it or experience it. But I want you to know that they're here. Demons are here, and they are influential. And time is running out, and so they're getting a little bit more antsy and angry. And There's not any more power. They don't have any more power. In fact, we'll talk about that in a minute, but you've got more power than they do. So why do we know... And what do we know about Jesus and why He came? He, gave, he came to give us life and to give it more abundantly according to John 10 and verse 10. You might want to write that down somewhere on your message notes. He came to set captors free. He didn't come to be served but to serve and to give His life a ransom for many. We know that Jesus came not for those who are healthy, but for those who are sick. He didn't come for the self-proclaimed righteous, but Jesus came for the sinner. In fact, this morning in Sunday school, we talked about hypocrites and hypocrisy. Somebody tells you, well, I don't go to church because it's full of hypocrites. Your answer ought to be, well, there's room for one more. (laughs) Won't you come join us? You'll fit right in. If you're looking for the perfect church, this person that says you won't go because of hypocrisy, tell this person, say, hey, look, i got to warn you. If, you. if you find a church that you want to join, don't do it because your life full of sin is going to create a problem in that church and it's going to ruin it. So don't join it. Jesus didn't come for the self-righteous. He came for the sinners. In John's Gospel, in chapter 10, we find Satan's message in his mission also. And it is to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's why he came. That's why Satan is here. And that's why Satan does what he does. He's the prince of darkness. There is nothing good that happens in the dark. When do cockroaches do their most work? In the dark. You turn the light on and they scatter. And if you see them scatter, it sends chills up and down your spine, doesn't it? Because the exterminator promised you there'd be no more cockroaches. And so what's the first thing you do? You call raid! (laughs) You spray raid everywhere. If you want them dead. Demons may influence depression. They may influence suicidal thoughts. They may influence feelings of desperation. They want to destroy your marriage. They want to ruin your testimony. They want to wreck your finances, steal your joys, obliterate your health. Demons want to crush 
your children. It is not a game, folks. It is not a little red guy with a little horn and a little pitchfork and a long tail. It's the forces of darkness that hate God in the kingdom of light and His mission through every demonic spirit is to hurt what matters to the heart of God. And guess what hurts God the most in His heart is when we don't accept Him as our Savior. And nothing, nothing matters to God more than you and me. So what do you do? I've seen everybody, different people, let me put it that way. I've seen different people respond differently to a message like this. Some people go, yeah, well, okay, fine, whatever. I've seen some people say, yeah, 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 yeah. And I've seen other people go, really? Wow. It's like it's new information. Let me give you one big thought. And this is for those of you that are in Christ. Those of you that are in Christ, you have a miraculous authority over darkness in the name of Jesus. Let me say that again. You have miraculous authority over darkness in the name of Jesus. When you evoke the name of Jesus, guess what Satan and his enemy and his uh, demons do? They run. They cannot stay where the name of Jesus is. Our oldest son, Jeff, who leads singing for us and occasionally gets to play the drums when Tina's not here. Jeff, when he was a baby and young, he had developed the croup. And his coughing, oh, I mean that cough, that croup cough is just the worst cough in the world. Gasping for air, gasping for breath. So we sure, we thought, surely there's a medicine for this. This is our first child, and we don't know. And we called the doctor, and the doctor says, just run the shower and get the steam going up in the bathroom and just let him sit in there. It'll, it'll take care of it. I said, what? So we did. He and I would sit in there. It usually was one or two or three in the morning, Right? After he'd laid down a while, gasping for breath. And I'd hold him up on my chest. And I would sing. And the song I would sing to him is, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. But see, when you evoke the name Jesus... Satan leaves. And for a time, his breathing would calm and he would be able to take in deep breaths and Dad could sleep for 30 seconds and then wake up wondering if he's still alive. Remember those days? But I believe with all my heart it's because we'd seen Jesus to him. And Jesus would take those old demons of croup and Run them out of the room. I'm telling you, we have miraculous authority over darkness in the name of Jesus. Look at Matthew 10 and verse 1. It tells us how to do this, how to tap into it. Jesus called the disciples to Him. 
And what did what does it say that Jesus gave them? It says Jesus gave them what? Authority to do what? Drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. He gave them authority. When you accept Christ as your Savior, you go through the watery grave of baptism. The Bible says you rise to walk in a new life. Guess what else you get is authority to drive out the demons that Satan is going to send your way. Don't you give in to them. You stand up in the name of Jesus. Don't do it on your own power. You do it under the power of God. Through the name of Jesus, you'll drive those demons out. You can. Oh, yes, you can. I've seen it done. Some of you said you've seen it done. Demonic spirits cannot stay. Impure spirits cannot stay. Where the name and the authority of the name of Jesus is put into practice. I'm telling you, we just don't, we don't have time to, to go through and, and there's stories I could tell, but I don't want to scare you and I, and I don't want to, um, want you to think that I've done lost my mind. But there's been times back in, in the years and I was in youth ministry, I especially saw it, times when people would be under such influence of Satan. And they would put up such a wall. There's no way to penetrate the wall. But I would begin to pray for them and pray in the name of Jesus for them. And they would begin to see. And I would get their parents to praying for them in the name of Jesus. I would tell the parents, said, you pray in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And see what happens. We've had some situations where individuals have come into our church service, haven't we? And they've spoken out during my sermon. And what have I done each time? I've called them down and I've told them, we don't do that right now. And we let Jesus be in charge. And every time, every time, you shut it down. Why is that? Does I have some miraculous power? No, it's because they're out of order. They're trying to create a distraction. And Jesus wants it orderly. He wants it in such a methodical way. You'll leave here going, all right. You'll leave here having been touched in your heart to God. Most of us are just trying to get through life, trying to get our bills paid, uh, trying to keep our head above water, as we call it. We don't need, we don't need all this demonic influence, and I don't want to deal with that. I mean, preacher, come on, really? I'm trying to get my kids through. I'm trying to get life done. It's, I, I just these kids I've got, they they run around like drunk squirrels. I, half the time, I don't know if they're with me, or if they're not with me. I don't know. My grandkids last night, as soon as they take a, take a bath, the first thing they want to do is come and dance naked out in front of Gigi and me. I don't get it. That's one. He just ah, ah, just yells and screams and just dances naked. Now, when he's 20 doing that, it won't be nearly as cute. You know what I'm saying? 
But he just thinks that's the biggest time to do that. What I often forget to realize, though, at times when I'm just doing life, is I forget some of the burdens, some of the struggles, some of the trip points are created by demonic influence. Trying, trying some way to trip you up, you up, us up, so that we'll fall and not be able to give God the glory. With me, I do it with my tongue all the time. Any of you struggle with that one? Where I say something inappropriately, I'll say something I didn't really intend. I didn't intend for it to come out that way. Usually it's because I'm not keeping uh, captive every thought. We're told to do that. I'm trying to get better. If I've hurt any of you by things I've said, I apologize to you publicly because that's not ever my intention. But we need to all work at whatever it is that we're struggling, whatever demonic influence Satan's trying to work on us with. Those forces of darkness are out there, and they are trying their best to get us. Suicidal thoughts, anger, cutting. These forces of darkness, they want you dependent on chemicals, on lustful images, where you you need something else just to get through the day, so you'll be a prisoner to some force of darkness, so they'll have a little bit of a foothold in your life, But we want to shut that door and don't ever let them have a foothold in your life. Don't ever let the demonic influences in your life. Two things not to assume. Almost done, I promise you. First, don't assume that every problem is a result of demonic influence. Because it's not. Don't assume that. On the flip side of that, don't assume any problem is a result of demonic influence. Influence. Okay? Don't assume every problem is, but don't assume any problem is. Satan is working all the time, over time, to get you to fall. If you've got an illness, if you've got a sickness, man, he wants you to focus on that so much that you forget that God is still doing a mighty work in your life. What I appreciate about our folks in church here that have cancer is they're not letting cancer beat them. They have said that. We're, we're not, hey, if this is the way I go out, so be it. But I'm not going to turn on God because of this. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, my feet. I can't believe how much they hurt today. I don't. Is it the weather? Some people, some people say that if your weather changes, barometric pressure changes, it affects your joints and all that. But boy, I tell you, my feet are hurting today. This right one wants to turn inside like this, and so I'm walking on this shoe like this. It's it's hard to walk like that, by the way. Hard to even stand up. But you know what? I'm not going to let Satan win that. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. I want to praise the Lord in the midst of my struggle. I want to give God the glory, glory. Amen. Because it's in the name of Jesus that we have victory. 
It's in the name of Jesus that we have hope. It's in the name of Jesus that we have power. It's in the name of Jesus that we have forgiveness. It's in the name of Jesus that we're going to go to heaven. Oh, don't you understand, folks, how powerful Satan is, but how much more powerful Jesus is. And you have that authority. You have the ability to tap into that power. Would you pray with me? Father, I pray that we would have the wisdom to do what we can do. But God, that we would have the faith to do and to ask you to do what we cannot do. God, do miracles. Do miracles. In any sense and in any way where there may be a spiritual lie, a force of darkness attacking, we ask that you would bind those in heavenly places. God, protect our minds from spiritual lies. Replace them with truth. Thank you that you are greater through your risen Son, Jesus Christ, that dwells within us And that we have that same power that raised Christ from the dead living inside of us, making us new and renewing us day by day. God, help us to step into the gift of authority that You've given us. Not our power, but Your power. And may we stand firm against these attacks of the evil one. Fight spiritually. Not just naturally. And Father, the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of this world. Ours are powerful, spiritual, pulling down spiritual strongholds. Empower us, God. Empower Your church, O God. In Jesus' name, Amen.